You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. All right, well, hello and welcome to the Grace Church Salado podcast. My name is David Laws, and I'm joined this week by Corey Woodard, uh, who's my friend and the minister to students here at Grace. Corey, thanks for joining me. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks. Good to have you. We got Thanksgiving coming up. We do. So that's exciting. We do. My Thanksgiving hot take Ooh. of the week. I hate sweet potato casserole. Oh. I think it's gross. It's the marshmallows. I can't do it. Well, let's go to the reverse of this. And there is a right or wrong answer <laughs> to this question. What's the, what's the best Thanksgiving food or your favorite Thanksgiving food? Mashed potatoes, man. Mashed potatoes? I love potatoes in Interesting. any form. Um, so that's that's wrong. Um, just <laughs> <laughs> objectively, it's just wrong. No, there's a. I, I love green bean casserole with like that fried onions on. Top. Okay, that is really good. I can yeah. eat those fried onions like just a whole can of those bad boys just by themselves. The Gray Students Ministry are is rioting right now mm-hmm. when they're listening to this because that was my icebreaker question: was your favorite Thanksgiving food? Most of them hate green bean casserole. Oh so. man, maybe it's something that comes with maturity. Maybe that's just. <laughs> As you grow and you grow, you appreciate the grease and the lard. In yeah, those green something beans. about graduating from college. <laughs> just all of a sudden, you appreciate those fried onions. That's my no. I always, I always love those things. Um, so, this sweet potato casserole, though. I just don't. Are like you? It. Do you not like sweet potatoes in general? No, I love sweet potatoes, and I love sweet potato pie, but I don't like sweet potato casserole. Interesting. Wow. Note to self: Don't give Corey <laughs> sweet potato anything. Um, well, I know you are not tuning in just to hear Corey and I banter about our favorite and least favorite Thanksgiving foods. Uh, But if this is your first time tuning in, we just want to let you know that the whole reason we do this podcast uh, every week is that you would come away with a greater love for God's Word. And you can have an idea how you can take those things that you're reading and studying and memorizing and, and just better understand how you can apply it to your daily life. So this week, our life verse is from 1 John chapter 2, verses 5 through 6. And it says this, But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So, uh, Corey, help us understand what's going on here in 1 John, or maybe specifically chapter 2. Yeah, so I really like the book of 1 John. Um, All all the letters of John are this way, but 1 John's the longest, so you get more of a sense of it, but... This is written by the Apostle John, and you can tell that this is a guy who has spent time with Jesus, and he has spent years meditating on the teachings of Jesus and who Jesus is and all the different aspects of what he's done. And in fact, uh, I'll get to this in a little bit, but in, in this verse, we actually have John kind of explaining further a particular teaching of Jesus that we read in the Gospel of John. Um, chapter 14. But also, just looking at this paragraph, I think it's really important to understanding these couple verses, and it'll actually help us avoid a couple pitfalls. And so kind of reading just from the beginning of this chapter, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 2, he says, My little children, I am writing you these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also those of the whole world. This is how we know that we know him, if we keep his commands. 
The one who says, I have come to know him and yet does not keep his commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. And then our verses for today, but whoever keeps his word truly in him, the love of God is made complete. This is how we know we are in him. The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. So you said that there were a couple pitfalls that that you saw in that passage, or like potential pitfalls as people are listening to it and kind of responding to it. Yeah, so I think the first one is we read this and, you know, the reality is we don't always follow the commands of Jesus perfectly. Um, Paul talks about this in in Romans about sometimes we just, we just don't follow Christ like we're supposed to. Uh, Sometimes we're still wrestling with our flesh and more at different times than others throughout our Christian walk. And so one of, one of the pitfalls is to, is for this to give us a kind of an anxiety of Mm -hmm. like, oh man, I did this and this and this, this past week or this past month. Does that mean that I'm not abiding? Does that mean that I don't know Jesus? Does that mean that the love of God isn't in me at all? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think looking back to the first couple verses of this chapter reminds us. It, it just says this, hey, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, sure. Jesus, the righteous yeah. one. And so I think in those moments, if if this passage leads us to an anxiety, remember, this is a very real command to obey. And I'm going to mention that throughout this podcast this is a very real and very poignant and direct command to obedience. But when we fail, we still have an advocate with the Father. Yeah, and I think what you're saying is there's a difference between like a an anxiety versus like a a humble God-glorifying yeah. repentance. You know, yes, like those are two yeah. very different things. Yeah, we do need to obey him and we do need to follow John's command here. But if we're hearing this and just thinking about all the sins we've we've done just this past morning, there's no need to think that you have lost your salvation because of yeah. that. We still have an advocate with the Father. But then on the other end of the spectrum, uh, I could see where a lot of people, and I've I've ended up at both of these points in, in sure. various times in my life. Um, but the the other pitfall is thinking that oh hey I'm really killing it following the commands of Christ. I'm doing great. So the love of God must be complete me. God might must love me more mm-hmm. because I'm following Jesus' commands. Yeah. But I want you to I want to actually point you to the same verse if that's kind of your train of thought. He says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. John is very clear that he is not the righteous one, that John is not the righteous one, that we are not the righteous ones. Christ is the righteous one. Yeah. And we'll get into this, uh, this kind of takes us into the text, but says the love of God is perfecting us. It is only by the love of God, by the Spirit of Christ, that we're able to obey in the first place. Yeah. And so we are ultimately not the righteous one. Christ himself is the righteous one, and his righteousness is given to us. Yeah, what strikes me about both those two pitfalls that you mentioned is that they're human-centric. You mm-hmm. know, like they're mm-hmm. human-focused, and that's what leads to both those pitfalls. Like it's either oh my goodness, look how bad I am, I'm so awful, God can't heal this, or it's, look how awesome I am, look how great I am, God's lucky to have me. You know, both of them start with this focus on self rather than Christ and the gospel. But um, as we start really getting into the text and figuring out what it means, what are some of the things that that stand out to you here? Yeah, so I mentioned that... um this kind of harkens back to one of Jesus' teaching. Harkens? Uh, <laughs> Look at you. Wow. Uh, that we read in, <laughs> in, uh, in John 14. And so this is kind of a meditation on John 14. And Go read that chapter. Great chapter. Um, but specifically, um, kind of the, the section that's relevant here is when Jesus says, if you love me, 
keep my commands. Yeah. And this is kind of an a, a explanation. John is kind of bringing out some of the meaning of that. And, and so he starts out by saying, whoever keeps his word truly in him, the love of God is made complete. And so with that idea of complete, he's talking about a believer who is brought to maturity. Um, when, when he says, if you are following Jesus' commands, that's both the evidence that you have come to a, a certain point of maturity in Christ, but also obeying Jesus' commands is going to bring you into further maturity. And the thing that's complete here is the love of God. Um, and so that that love of God phrase is kind of ambiguous because you could take it one way. You could say, okay, is it the love that God has for us or is it the love that we have for God? Right. I think both. I'm, I'm going to say both. And, and so it's both the love that God has shown us because it's only by that love that we are God's people. In Ephesians 2, Paul says, it is because of his great love for us that he raised us up with Christ and redeemed us. So it is only by that love of God, uh, the love that God has for us, that we have become his people and that he sanctifies us to greater obedience. The goal of the love of God is that we would look more like Christ. The, lo- the goal of the love that God has for us is that we would walk in obedience. And so when, when John says that, that the love of God is made complete in us, the love that God has for us is brought to the end of its purpose mm. when we are like Christ. But then also the love that we have for God grows the more that we walk in obedience. Right. And so this is kind of cool because it's not quite a circle. It's more of like a spiral upward. It's that the more we love God, the more we want to obey him. The more we obey him, the more we love him, and so on and so forth. And it yeah. just continues until John says that we grow into this full maturity of a person who who not obeys, Bays out of out of fear of condemnation yeah. or fear of retribution, but the kind of Christian that obeys because we truly love God. We have seen what God has done for us through Christ, and that causes us to love Him more and to obey Him more. And it just continues in a spiral upwards mm-hmm. to the fullness of Christian maturity. Well, and for those of you listening at home that didn't get to see this in person, Corey was moving his finger in a upward circular motion throughout that conversation about a spiral. So I was. I, I wanted do. to bring. You into the room. I do a lot of finger movements, and <laughs> when I was teaching uh, the fifth graders this past Sunday, they made fun of me for my hand movements. You got called uh, out for I, it. I did. Did you give them the spiral analogy? Or I it? did not. There was a lot of pointing and a lot of like moving back and forth. You what know, you're doing right now looks more like a dance. Yeah, to me. Like, it's a... <laughs> I guess so. Um, but yeah, and so it brings us into the spiral of maturity. But I think what's also an important aspect of this text is that ultimately it's about our assurance mm-hmm. in Christ. Because uh, in verse in at the end of verse 5 and, and verse 6 here, John says this, This is how we know we are in him. The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. And so he says, hey, if you're wondering if you're truly in Christ, and sometimes we do doubt that. So if you are one of those people... If you're questioning whether or not you are truly united to Christ, he says, hey, you know by living in obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, the, our, our obedience to Christ is, is the proof that our lives have been changed by him. Yeah. And, and so if, if we're wondering, hey, are we saved? Just look. Just look back. Be like, hey, am I, am I exhibiting more fruits of the Spirit today? 
than I was when I started following Christ. Yeah. And here's the thing. If he started following Christ a week ago, like obviously there's not going to be as, as, as much of an increase in the, in the spirit, in the fruits of the spirit as if you've been following Christ for like 10 years, yeah. you know? And so, so keep that in mind. Don't, don't fall into that pitfall of anxiousness, yeah. but, but that's what John says is our assurance there. Well, and you were, and maybe this is starting to transition a little bit into the, the application side, but Man, this whole idea of obedience, I've thought a lot about this over the last, like, probably five years, um, and I think this is something that we either minimize or undervalue uh, in Western Christianity. And what I mean by that is I think there's a heavy emphasis on knowing certain things, yeah. like knowing theology, knowing truths. That seems to seems to be this higher value than obedience in our culture. Like, yeah. it's not so much about doing those things, as long as you know them and can say them and recite them. And um, and I think that's a problem. Like, when we went overseas and we were working with these completely raw believers, we realized how important it was to stress obedience from the very beginning. Like, I think now we're so worried about being legalistic that we kind of shy away from the emphasis on obedience, mm, like yeah. we need to do these things, you know. But like, if you look at the Great Commission, he says, "Teaching them to obey yeah. all of my commands." Like he doesn't say, "Teach them to just know them." He says, "Teach them to obey." And obviously, there's a James passage, like, "Don't just be hearers, be doers." Mm. But I, I think we undervalue how important that obedience is. And I just think about like when he says here at the end of this passage, he says they ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Like, yeah. these are people that watched Jesus walk. You yeah. know, like, they watched his life. They watched the way he interacted with people and who he interacted with and how he, you know, he was engaging with those people. And, um, man, I just, I think there's a lot of people that know things about Christianity, that know things about God, that know things maybe even about the gospel or Christ. But, man, that fruit is really barren, you know? And I just—I I wish it was something that wasn't such, like, a naughty term in in current, like, Christian culture where it's like, oh, well, that, you must be legalistic if you're calling for obedience, you know? Yeah, and I even found myself in prepping for this wanting to, like, give all these caveats of, like, oh, but it's it's not you, it's God. And, and, and so I came to a point where, like, no, John's being very direct. Yeah. Um, he is making it very clear that if you are not obeying Christ— you are not a mature believer. Yeah. Um, he doesn't say that you're not a believer at all. Yeah. But he makes it very clear that you cannot come to maturity in Christ unless you are obeying right. him and right. keeping his commands. And we recognize that that's the spirit working through us. But it, yeah. I think we can just get so far down that spectrum, we can just think like, there's no work on our on our behalf. Like we don't have to discipline ourselves to obedience yeah. or do these commands. And and we even start to justify it. Well, I'm not built that way. Like I'm mm. I'm not an evangelist. That's not me. I'm not that or I'm not hospitable. And I'm like, well, those are biblical commands. You know, like those are those are things that we're called to do. It, it's okay if it's not a strength. It's okay if it's not a you know, something that it's that you're stronger in, you know, more than other areas. But I mean, man, pressing into those commands of Christ isn't optional. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I don't want to wait, go so far down that road, you know, that I'm starting to push people into that first uh, pitfall that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I, I do think it's worth saying because I think we kind of emphasize the other side of that spectrum more often. Yeah, and so the application here is literally to just do that last part of our yeah. life verse, is to just walk in the way in which Jesus walked. And, and Paul tells us, um, in another in another chapter, I'm really bad at remembering scripture references, so I can't tell you where. But I know that Paul does say that we're supposed to work out our own sanctification. And like you said, yes, we do obey through the power of the Spirit. 
But again, this is a genuine call to obedience. We do have to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't do anything to contribute our salvation, but we are called to obedience once we have been saved. Yeah. And that's a very real thing that we need to remember. And so if you are one of those people, you're sitting here and you're just like, well, I've never, I've never, I've never known how to do that. Like, what do I do? Do I just start living perfectly? Do I go like out and live in the desert and start like flogging myself to be more holy? No, man, just read the letters of Paul. Um, Romans, Philippians 2 is a great place to start. Yeah. That's, Paul literally says, have the same mind of Christ. Same sentiment as John here. Walk as he did. Look to the second half of Ephesians. Um, look to the Sermon on the Mount, yeah. um, Matthew 5 through 7, where, where Jesus himself is giving these commands of how we are supposed to live as people of his kingdom. Or just just go back and listen to the sermons that we've had in Luke, or read the Gospels and meditate on who Jesus is and, and what he does in these stories and how that reveals his character and live in the same way that he did. Yeah. Well, and two other action steps that kind of go with that is one, I think people are bent one way or another when they're reading the Bible. There's people that think, what do I need to know about this passage and what do I need to do about this passage? Mm -hmm. And I think people tend to fall in one of those camps more than the other. So just, I think it's worth noting, like if you're the kind of person that reads scripture and comes away thinking, what do I need to know here? What do I need Mm -hmm. to learn here? That's totally fine. But just remember there's another good question to ask yourself, which is, if this is true, what ought I to do about it? Yeah. Like, what what needs to change in my life or start in my life or stop in my life to be more in line with what the Scripture is saying? Mm-hmm. That's one suggestion I would have. And and then the other is, um, it's actually a resource. Like, if, especially for anyone listening that's a new believer, I don't know how many people fall in that category, but if you're a younger believer, um, there's a discipleship resource that you can probably just Google online, but it's called The Seven Commands of Christ. Uh, it's something, again, when, when we were overseas, we used this when someone first came to faith, just to help them get a paradigm for like what did Jesus actually oh, like command us to obey. And it, it just walks through, hey, these are the main seven, like most of the things that Jesus commanded us to do fall in one of these seven brackets, you know. Um, but you can just Google that, and and like that's probably a good starting point of like, all right, I want to walk like Jesus did. What does that mean? Okay, well, this is what what it looked like for, for Jesus to do it. And so just Google the seven commands of Christ if, if that's you, or even if you've just been walking with Jesus for a long time and think it could be a helpful practice for you. But Yeah, um, it may, it's making me think of what Moses says in Deuteronomy. The commands are not up in the heavens yeah. that somebody needs to bring it down. They're not in the depths of the sea that somebody needs to bring it up. They are right here in front of us. Yeah. Turn to the Scripture, turn to the Word, Look Look to the words of Christ, exactly. If you're one of those people Dave mentioned about what do I need to know from this, you need to know that you got to do something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you've got to live in obedience. And yeah. if you're one of the people who are geared toward the doing and don't think that John is specific enough, do what he did. Meditate on what Christ has said and what Christ has done and imitate his way of life. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great waning place. Um and so we, we just want to say thank you for listening to the Grace Slato podcast this week. We hope this discussion spurs you on your love for Jesus and your love for people this week as you go and celebrate Thanksgiving with hopefully friends and family. And we look forward to seeing you next Wednesday.